Okay, so the Houston Roughnecks. Here we go. I think this has a this team has an opportunity to be the best team in the XFL this year, uh, and I say a lot of that because you can go to my previous podcast on the coaches and the schemes. This has the most fun coaching staff and, and maybe the best schemes. And if those players that they have coalesce correctly with these schemes, and it's a big if, but if so, I mean, Arlington probably has the best combination of talent and veteran leadership together. And Stoops knows how to build a team, no doubt. And he has some old, his old ball coaches with him, the Hayes brothers and Chuck Long and, you know, with him over there. But, you know, that, that they probably should be the prohibitive favorite to start the year, but especially in the South Division. But I think Houston's right behind them because they can, with the coaching staff uh, Wade Phillips has, and he's a veteran, he's got a veteran defensive coordinator, and he has a really up-and-coming, dynamic offensive coordinator in A.J. Smith. Now, I talk a lot about, it's all about the coaches and the schemes and even some history in that other podcast. So go back to that podcast on the Houston coaches. That, again, the most, the best, the, the most exciting coaching staff of the eight teams in this league. Uh, now the players are also pretty exciting, but it's really heavy on the potential side. Young guys that are maybe, maybe not <laughs> guys that are even like projects from college that if they may, they, they, if they, if it comes together, even if, if even half of them fulfill their potential, this could be a heck of a team, but it's a big if, you know, you're going a lot of potential here. I've said that before with like the Vipers and a couple other teams, but this is big time could go could swing either way with the players and then those schemes will work out or they won't you know so houston could be you know like i said again they could win the whole thing they could get hot at the end of the year win the whole thing they could be hot the whole year they could be great it could all come together or they could never really get to fulfill the potential and can't really max out the great schemes you know and then in that way they'll kind of be off and on and maybe then maybe make the playoffs maybe not and then that's it but uh so so right away, you look at the team that it was in 2020 for the XFL version two, and it was run by the head coach was uh, the run and shoot guru uh, under Mouse Davis, June Jones, who is A.J. Smith's first mentor. A.J. Smith, you go back to my other podcast, I get into the details of it, but he studied the run and shoot, the Tiger Ellison books and, and stuff from the day, from the 60s. He studied that around late 2000, 2000s, around 2009-ish, went and got, a, got together with June Jones, so he might as well get a guru. You know, that enables him to meet guys like Miles Davis, the, the original pass-spread version of the run-and-shoot. And then also uh, uh, John Jenkins, who had his own versions and actually added some no-huddle right away and did some really cool stuff. And then the interesting thing is June Jones was at SMU at the time doing his run and shoot stuff and had Hal Mummy from the Air Raid, the Air Raid guy who started all the Air Raid on his staff in 2014. And then A.J. Smith becomes a a good protege of Hal Mummy's. So he really combines what I call the R, I mean, instead of R&S for run and shoot, I call it um, air and shoot <laughs> for like the air raid because he's really right down the middle between. So everybody's kind of calling him an air raid guy because Mummy became his big mentor. But, you know, I, I, he's got a lot of run and shoot compl- um, concepts and he'll tell you that. And and so, you know, as, as they went out and got the talent. Now, now, Wade Phillips was big on saying 
we are going to condition all this around the players. It's all about the players first. He likes to say that, but honestly, man, he's always had cool schemes on defense, and he's had a wide variety of influences, starting with his dad, Bum Phillips. And if you look at, on the offensive side, a lot of the players they got, like with the running backs, receivers, these guys, a lot of these guys are from either the air raid or the run and shoot. So, no, they have a scheme in mind. They have a, a culture in mind. And they're sort of picking and choosing with that in mind. Now, they are going to skew it to a degree to the player talents, but, but that's what they have in mind. So, again, we go back, you know, Wade Phillips, why did he bring in A.J. Smith? Well, June Jones was the head coach of Houston already, so there was already a culture there of a spread offense, a passing spread. P.J. Walker was the quarterback in 2020. He's gone on to do well at Carolina with his old coach, Matt Rule, who is coach at Temple. And now P.J. Walker just signed a contract with the Bears. He's sort of a dual threat. He doesn't really, not really, though. He doesn't run that well. He's not that fast, but he's a spread passer, for sure, with a little mobility. And he'll probably back up Justin Fields. But the whole thing is, so Houston's going to continue that culture here with A.J. Smith on offense. And so we look at who they've got, you know, right away they go out, they get a guy like a running back, Max Borgie. Okay. Uh, he is going, he's from Washington state. That's the school he played at. And what is Washington state? Who was that coached by? Who else? But the famous Mike Leach, the late, great Mike Leach. Okay. And Max Borgie is like a, mini version or a, 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 a smaller version of uh, McCaffrey, Kristen McCaffrey, McCafferty from uh, the 49ers. You know, now he's on the 49ers. He was with Carolina. He was with Stanford, Harbaugh and all that. He can run. He can pass. He's got some speed. He's, he, he can catch it. He's a good receiver. He can block. He can do it all. And he was what you would call a super back. The run and shoots, one running back was always labored, labeled the super back because he could do it all. And that and Borgie's perfect for that. But what's interesting, a couple of the guys they got, they've got a lot of short, speedy guys, okay, everywhere, in receiver and at running back. This is air raid, run and shoot all the way. It's actually even more run and shootish. The air raid will get your big guys, big receivers to down the sideline with good fast slot backs. And they'll use a tight end a lot. So the air raid will use five receivers, four receivers, or, or get the tight ends going. And, and they like their hybrid end, tight ends, guys that can really run down the field like, and catch it. Okay, Run and shoot was always four receivers with a super back. Okay, so what is going on? What is A.J. Smith? If he's a air and shoot, if I call it that, P-S-A-S, power spread, air and shoot. Okay, What is this all about? Because he has the power spread in there too now. Everybody does. You know, he, he'll do read option if it's a running quarterback, whatever. And he'll run the, some power runs, traps up the gut and whatever it is. Okay. So with that run and shoot, you always think of those little fast guys. Okay. And you have some of that in the air raid stuff too and in the power spread stuff, but you really think of that with run and shoot. So, you know, who is he? who do you get as a running back right off the bat with Adrian Killens? Okay, but Adrian Killens, really speedy guy from Central Florida, had his shots in the NFL uh, with the Eagles, the Broncos, hasn't worked out, had injury issues. And I think they were seeing right away, he's such a little guy, he's not holding up physically. Will he hold up physically for the Roughnecks? Well, we will have to see about that, uh, and, and we'll see how that goes along. But he's not starting right now, so that's, that's the thing. So we'll see. In fact... 
think he's already injured again. And then they had another guy named Siwu Alanulua. Alanulua, I don't know how you say it. Sounds Hawaiian to me. And he's a guy that played at TCU. Not like a huge recruiter or anything, but a big guy. 6'3", 240. Now that doesn't sound like a super back. Well, that can be a super back. You can use a big, big guy. You know, that's more air raidish too. That's really more air raidish. But whatever, this guy's right in between. A.J. Smith does both. So you've got Alanalua and you've got Alanalua and you've got, you know, Borgie, who's sort of in between, and then you have the little guy Killens. But Alanalua, however the hell you say it, has had a neck injury. He actually had a chance to get on the Cowboys. He had some. He did good later in his career at college. Had a good game in the bowl, I think, with TCU. And a strong running back. He could, he's big enough for the NFL. And he was on the Cowboys and had a neck injury. And he looked like he was going to make the team. And he hasn't really come back from that. So again, he's on injured reserve too. So already Killens and Alanua on injured reserve, reserve. So we've got Max Borgie right off the bat, who's going to be the starter. But that's okay. And then we have some more little guys um, behind. Now, what I'm surprised by, because one of these little guys who can really catch the ball out of the backfield, who could almost play receiver, is Bryson Aline. Aline, yeah, from Delaware State. And uh, he was in fan-controlled football just last year. And he's comparisons to Darren Sproles and Austin Eckler. But he's actually third string they're listing him. So I'm sort of surprised he, didn't, he, he wasn't the receiving back out of the backfield. Again, Borgie can do it all. So maybe that's why. They're going to just use, they're going to ride Borgie as a super back. So the backup right now listed as a, even a smaller guy than Aline. And his name is, let me get him up here. Got him somewhere here. Well, now I'm losing him. Let's see here. Here we go. Uh, Dejon Lee. Dejon Lee. And he's from, not Delaware State. I think he's Delaware State. So, yeah, there he is. No, he's from Delaware. So, Aline's from Delaware State. Dejon Lee is from Delaware. He's only five foot seven, 180. A real good kick returner. But I don't know about his receiving skills. I haven't read anything on that. Had a really good career at Delaware. I, you know, he's listed as the backup. So, okay, so you've got these real little speedy guys back there. You've got two other potentially, a big back and a really, you know, Killens could be a dynamite back. But these guys, we don't know. Their injuries don't seem good. So, But you definitely know Borgie's to deal there as a super back. So that's good and solid. Who are the quarterbacks? Brandon Silvers, okay? Who is he, right? Well, he's from Troy. I never really got to see him play much, but everything that I've read about him and some highlights I saw, spread passer all the way. He's not really a running quarterback. Spread passer. Almost reminds me of Tom Brady, but the issue there is Brady's six foot six. This guy's six two. <laughs> Brady is, is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He can, he can read defenses in his sleep. I wouldn't say that for this guy. But he, he was under Neil Brown's air raid offense at Troy which was run by offensive coordinator Edenfield. And Edenfield goes back to uh, some other power spread stuff. He had some option in his background and power spread stuff. So he, you know, and, and, and by the way, 
Neil Brown's a protege of uh, Tony Franklin. And Tony Franklin comes directly from, he was with Hell Mummy and Mike Leach at Kentucky. But Tony Franklin was the first one to really say, I want more power in my passing spread. I want to get more run game. And from him, Dana Holgerson really pumped that up when he ended up at Houston and saw Art Bryles stuff. And Art Bryles combines the power and the spread. And to me, Holgerson really exploded the PSAR, Power Spread Air Raid. So that goes all the way back to Tony Franklin. Well, that's where Neil Brown comes from. So Neil Brown wants a running game with that passing spread. That took a long time for Mouse Davis to get that going. Hell Mummy was always more towards that a little bit. But, you know, those guys think of, like, the passing as the running. The, the short passes were the run. The run and shoot, really, you know, you would run that super back. And, you know, Manny Matsakis had what you call a triple shoot. He'd use options and fly sweeps, jet sweeps. He really, if, if the run game, if your talent was more towards the run game, you go run. And if it's more towards the pass, you go pass. So he really was power spreading it. But, yeah, so, uh, but, but no, so Franklin to Neil Brown, they understand getting that run in there, but it's still more towards passing spread. Hey, A.J. Smith will say it. I'm going to pass it 70%, 80%. It's a passing spread, but it's a power spread passing spread at this point. I mean, he will run it. And, and again, if he gets a quarterback that can run, but that's not Brandon Silvers. Brandon Silvers is a spread passer. He's solid. He's accurate. And he played in the spring league. I forget, TSL it was called? The spring league. It's actually called the spring league. He played for uh, in 21, I think, or 2019, 20, whatever it was, 2019. Uh, no, 2021. He was he played under uh, AJ Smith, so there you go. He gets his quarterback, somebody he's familiar with, and then he has another guy who was in uh, the spring league as well, who's going to be the third string guy. His name is Caleb Ellaby, and he's got a lot of talent. Caleb Ellaby, uh, again, he's a shorter guy. He seems somewhat athletic. But he's not, a, he's not real fast. He reminds me of P.J. Walker. But you, you think he'd be fast, but he's not. But he's definitely a spread-type passer, and he's gritty, and he can move around enough, you know, if he needs to. And, um, and he's, he's got a lot of talent. He just, he's, he's a work in progress. He, I don't know if he didn't play a lot of quarterback when he was in high school. I'm not sure what. But a work in progress. He actually played for uh, Western Michigan, had a real good senior year. And and then since then he's played again. Uh, was he? Well, that well, he was just he just graduated in 2022, so he really hasn't had much time. So he's young, so he's a work in progress. But the second string guy is very interesting to me, Cole McDonald. Now Cole McDonald is a real athlete. He wasn't highly recruited out of college. Six foot four guy, a little bit more size, and he can he ran track. He can run. He's a real dual threat. He was with Hawaii. Now, June Jones was a Hawaii guy, but that's way before SMU, way back. N Nick Rolovich was the Hawaii coach at the time. But Nick Rolovich, who's an air rate, um, a run-and-shoot guy under June Jones, again, A.J. Smith knows these guys, Rolovich went to Nevada, Chris Alt's pistol, comes back to Hawaii, adds in the pistol to the run-and-shoot. Power spread, run and shoot, PSRS. Yeah, now we have a PSAS guy, air shoot, okay, air and shoot. So, you know, so that's just pass, pass, pass. No, but power spread, so he's going to run it some. Okay, so you got A.J. Smith. So Cole McDonald, I love that they brought this guy in. That tells me, hey, we're willing to try some different things. Maybe he plays wildcat packages at the, near the goal line. They have the extra points now. You can't kick it. You have to run it or pass it. You have to score 
So that's maybe where they use Cole McDonald. And I don't know, maybe Cole McDonald gets the job outright. Right now he's second string, you know, and Silvers is the solid guy. He's going to do the passing spread. So, you know, again, a lot of potential, you know, I mean, Silvers is more the solid guy, but he's, I don't think Silvers will ever be great, but he shouldn't be bad. He should be solid. McDonald could be great, but he hasn't shown it yet. He didn't really work out in the NFL. He was even drafted because he has so much talent. Hasn't worked out. He's not there yet. Let's see where, let's see what happens. And LB is another guy. So then we go to the receivers, and again, we have one solid guy, Deontay Burnett. He is absolutely a solid, he's a guy that wasn't a high recruit, but he made it to USC, okay? And he ended up having a good career at USC, but he was like the 110th receiver. You know, that's really kind of low for USC, but he, he made it. He did great, because you know why? He's not quite tall enough, he's not quite big enough, and he's not quite fast enough. He's just a great receiver. <laughs> and he even had caught some passes for the Jets and the Eagles, I think it was. So he's been in the NFL. He, it's how good he is. He doesn't have the speed or the height or the, the size, yet he's in the NFL. So I think he could really flourish, flourish in this offense in the XFL. He's their solid dude. Then you've got two other guys. You've got um, another guy on the outside, which is going to be uh, a kid from LSU, John Trey Kirkland who came to LSU as a DB, but he played dual-threat quarterback in high school, and he can be a receiver, and he's done some receiving at LSU. So major talent. Dude, LSU doesn't get guys who aren't really talented athletes and fast. So Kirkland could really be interesting to see what he can do as a receiver here now, concentrating as a receiver. And then the slot back will be uh, Travell Harris, a little guy, speedy guy, and he did his job at Washington State. He showed he can do it under Mike Leach, the air raid. So perfect there. And then we have an, what they call an H-back, which is going to be a guy that could be a slot back, a wing back, kind of in the backfield like a slash running back, H-back, can do it all. And this guy was a, a later, uh, you know, there was a lot of drafts for the uh, XFL. They had a they had one where they actually dished out the quarterbacks to everyone. Then they had a, a, a draft where everybody drafted guys. And they had something they called the open draft. After that, you could draft more people. Then they had the supplemental draft. So they had a lot of stuff going on. And this guy's name is Nick Hawley. And he came in in the uh, – he was just signed. He wasn't even drafted. He was actually – after all that I just named, he was signed late in the game, right before the season starts. And Nick Hawley, what's interesting about him is – he actually played for the Roughnecks in 2020, and he had a he he really caught on. He was a fan favorite. He plays QB. He was at Kent State. He literally played running back, QB, and receiver at Kent State. Did all three. Did different stuff. Perfect H back. I love this. The run and shoot doesn't really use an H back. It uses two slot backs, two receivers, two wideouts, and a run and a super back. The Air Raid uses a tight end or a more standard H-back, which is like a, a hybrid tight end with three receivers usually. But they can go four receivers. They mix it up more. They can go five receivers with a running back, with a bigger running back type. And now he's doing an Air Raid slash run and shoot. Okay, what do you got here? We've got one slot back, and then we have an H-back. And I love this guy, Holly. He could do it all. And I think that's great. I mean, I just love that. So that's what we have there. And uh, backup wide receivers follow the same pattern. It's, you know, a guy named uh, Darian Davis, and he played in the spring league. Uh, he didn't play for uh, 
AJ Smith, but he but AJ saw him and he, he likes him another little fast guy. Uh, we have uh, Justin Smith from small school. Uh, he's a little taller, but nobody's real big. Nobody's real tall that they had. don't have a big receiver. Or they did get a guy who is about 6'2". They picked him up real late here. Um, maybe somebody they, they want to uh, try to get. Tavon uh, Salter, a guy named Salter. Uh, he uh, also was in the spring lead, and he was also under A.J. Smith. So it's all, you know, they knew who they were going after here. I mean, this isn't like, you know, by accident, a lot of this stuff. Corey Bird really fast guy and he was at hawaii with uh that quarterback i just told you about mcdonald and he was a little speedy guy another guy who they actually have him listed as an h back uh behind uh holly uh but he isn't he could do running back and stuff but he's a little smaller than holly i i, I don't know he may be more the fly sweep kind of stuff so you know a lot of depth here, and by the way, all these guys are can be returners. Some of these guys are great returners. Uh, well, the running back Dejon Lee, I think Bird can return. I mean, so they're going to have a returner out somewhere out of all this. And then they have a guy named the one guy who's like a tight end hybrid, uh, H back, maybe even a bigger wide receiver type. Uh, he can also run the ball, believe it or not. Garrett Owens from Duquesne. He actually, again, a small school, but he, uh, he, he did it all. And, and actually, he had 5,000 all-purpose yards in his career, and he was also a really great running back in high school. So this guy, Garrett Owens, uh, I think he sings, too, so, so it's kind of like he does everything or he writes music. But anyway, yeah, so again, I love this flexibility, this hybridization of both the run and shoot, because the run and shoot would have never had a tight end. And some of Mike Leach's offenses hardly ever had a tight end, but this is the power spread. Air raid, run and shoot. It's got a little bit of everything. So, and you know, but it's going to be mesh simple. I mean, from everything I've seen of AJ Smith, he wants to keep it simple and, of course, tailor it around his talent. That's just an obvious. Okay. Uh, and then we get to the offensive line, and this is again the same scenario. A lot of uh, potential. Okay. But, but a couple solid guys. We got um, Alex Molet at center, and uh, he played for Marshall. Okay, and uh, he was he was solid. Uh, he was solid. He, he was an undrafted free agent. All these guys had tryouts with the NFL, but really didn't cut it. But anyways, so he's a solid. And there's one other solid guy, Jack Snyder. Again, this guy uh, was at San Jose State, and he had a tryout with the Rams. But another solid guy. The other two solid. He's uh, Snyder is a guard, and then the but then the other guys on the left side, we have two big guys. Uh, both one guy at Mississippi State. Deron uh, Parker, real big guy at Mississippi, 330, a lot of potential, you know, uh, a pretty high recruit, you know, we'll see what he does, can he move around enough, he didn't make the NFL so far, and then the left tackle was a guy they got in late, and he's a kid from Canada, Doc Stater is his name, and, uh, you know, what, what I, I mean, a lot of potential, big, tall, Left tackle. I, I read that he's a more of a bulldozer, and that's a little scary because we have this passing offense. You want to be a pass blocker, but again, the ball should get out of the hands quickly. Silver definitely gets rid of that ball quick. Uh, so that might be it. Well, we'll see how Doc Stater does. But again, potential for greatness or disaster? I'm not sure. And then um, the right tackle is another guy full of potential, uh, Tommy Champion. Again, another a high junior. He was great in junior college. Didn't start all the time at Mississippi State. He's a teammate of uh, Parker. And, uh, again, right tackle, not as scary. You know, Doc Stater's got more responsibility at the left. 
but you know, again, a lot of potential. We're not sure. John Yarborough, or, or Yarbrough, is called as his name from Richmond. He played with the Houston team at the USFL last year, and I saw him play. He was a good backup. He'd come in a lot, and and he did really well when he played. And so that's a nice backup. He can play all five line spots. That's awesome. And got James Moore, Basquale, a couple other guys who aren't bad as backups, but they're definitely the backups. I think too many injuries on that offensive line. That's another thing. This is the kind of team when you have this potential and a unique offensive coordinator and they're going to maybe have some unique defensive schemes too. You need these guys to stay healthy. So, boy, Houston could really go up or down either way, and I'm not sure. But I like their potential big time starting on offense. Now we'll take a look at the defense. This is Wade Phillips' specialty, and if you go back to my previous podcast, when I go through all the coaches, I talk about his defensive coordinator, Brian Stewart, how they hooked up going back, way back years ago, almost 20, uh, with the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Stewart had been with uh, Dom Capers, so he brought sort of that zone blitz specialty to the 3-4 of Wade Phillips, which was more about slash and burn. They slashed through the gaps. They did blitzing that way, but much more man-to-man coverage. That's what his dad did. He ended up incorporating more more zone blitz with Stewart. Uh, And then he learned more stuff like when he was at the Cowboys from Dave Campo, which goes back to Wanstat, which is that 4-3. Not as much blitzing, but more speedy stuff on the line. And then, you know, he got back with Stewart again now. And Stewart went on his way after they broke up from the Dallas Cowboys. Stewart ended up learning a lot of stuff. And most recently, uh, well, Patricia, Matt Patricia, which goes to New, the, the, the Bill Belichick, New England. And then he had a year with uh, Dave Aranda at Baylor just about a year or two ago. And he's the resident guru right now in defensive coaching in college. And Dave Aranda will do it all. And that's a whole nother podcast on him. But, you know, he can do a press coverage, zone blitzing, man-to-man, full, out, full house blitzing, match coverage without any blitzing, you know, all different stuff, different looks, mixing the looks right before the snap, pre-snap shifts, all kinds of stuff. So Stewart probably is going to, you know, Stewart did it 20 years ago that he brought some of that Dom Capers zone blitz over. Now he'll bring some of this Dave Aranda, and then this will be a, a new mix, and already He's saying, this is Stewart, is saying that they are going to run not just a 3-4, but also the 4-3 hybrid. And so that means, you know, it, it, it all depends on how quickly these, this new team can take to the schemes. And, you know, again, Phillips said, hey, we're gearing it to the players. That's how I do it. Of course he does it that way, but he's really gearing it to the schemes. You've already seen on offense now how... They were picking guys based on the scheme. They were picking all air raid and run and shoot guys. Okay? So that's the scheme. Well, same thing here. Phillips is going to want those speedy edge rushers. He always loves that. What he's going to play behind that edge rushing with or without the blitz, either way. But what he'll play behind that will probably be a mix of zone and press coverage and man. But if he can get a good enough covers, guys, it will be man. It also could end up being a lot more man than you expect because it's a new team, a new league, and they're guys that haven't quite made it yet in the NFL. He, I've seen this a lot in the USFL, and I'm seeing it in, already in the XFL. You got to go a little more simple. Got to be careful. I've seen that from Stoops already. So you know, Wade Phillips and Brian, they'll have no problem, you know, 
going into more man-to-man stuff and just applying a four-man or a five-man rush out of that. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised either, you know, if, if we see some different tricks here and there slowly being added in. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, how much so in the first year, I'm not sure yet. We'll find out. A lot will depend on how well the players are able to grasp it and take to it. And right off the bat, as far as you know, getting the kind of guys that fit their scheme, even though they try to say it's more player-oriented, this is the one team that's more scheme-oriented to me because of these guys, Wade Phillips, Brian Stewart, and A.J. Smith. <clears throat> and right off the bat, LSU's nose tackle, Glenn Logan. And they have a couple bigger guys on the defensive end side. So you've got your big hosses in the middle, but they're not that big. They're about 300, which these days isn't that big anymore, but they're not 330. You don't have a 330, 350-pound nose tackle. You guys got 300 pounds. These guys can move. They can slash and gap it, slash and burn, I call it, rip through the gaps, okay? Uh, Logan was a high, a high recruit for LSU, like a lot of the LSU guys, supposed to be a big talent, started a lot, played a lot, racked up some good stats, but wasn't drafted. Why was that? Injuries. I think the last year he had a foot injury. He missed some time. He was dealing with injuries off and on the whole time. So he ended up with the Browns and and it didn't work out. And again, I, I don't know if his development was slowed because of these injuries. So then he, uh, was at Arlington real briefly, and this brings up a little mistake I made a little bit ago. I was talking about Killens, the uh, running back from Central Florida. I kind of said he got injured. Well, he did get injured later, but before that, he was traded to Arlington. Whoops, I forgot to say that. So he got traded over to Arlington for Logan. So here we go. It's a nice little trade because they already had a bunch of little scat backs and super backs, okay, at the running back. So Great job to get Logan as their nose tackle. And right away, he moves into the starting role. So let's see if he can fulfill the potential. This is all about potential for this team, which is all about that when preparation meets opportunity, the crossroads. You know, that what that X stands for, really, from what The Rock says, you know, the crossroads. Are these guys getting another chance? And there's another guy. So there's Logan. Can he stay healthy and produce to his abilities that he has? A lot of ability. Then the defensive end slash defensive tackle, you've got, you can call them tackles or ends, however you want to say it, but the two guys next to Logan on either side, one guy is going to be C.J. Brewer, and I like this guy a lot. From what I've been reading about him, I didn't watch. He was at Coastal Carolina. I didn't really watch him much. He came from a small town in Georgia. So he, he played great in high school, but it was a small town, so not a big recruit. He also wasn't that big. He's only 6'2". He had to gain strength. He had to gain weight. But he also increased his athletics. He always had athleticism, but he increased his speed. And he turned into a six foot two, 290 pound monster. Like this dude was all over the place, racked up some big stats, stats, caused a lot of chaos from his defensive end position, their nose tackle position, too, as well. He played both and um, made a lot of sacks and everything. He is the perfect guy to put in this this offense for i mean the, the defense of wade phillips a, 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 a not a huge guy but a pretty big guy that can jam up that hole for the run but slash those gaps against the pass rush for the pass rush and then another guy he got which this guy's interesting trevin mason junior college guy ended up playing at arizona his last year in college was really a good year his best year 
He's six foot six. He's got that pro size. Uh, the NFL, I mean. He's only 305, so he's not that big. But 6'6", six, six, another guy, he can play D-tackle, D-end, and he can get through those gaps, you know? And then there's one more guy who will kind of be backup slash starter, depending, Jack Heflin, more of a, a, a real hard worker, consistent guy from uh, Northern Illinois. Then he went and he transferred to Iowa, and he started at Iowa and, had, and played well. Big 10 guy, right? 6'3", 300 again. So they're all around that same area. They all can move. They all can jam the hole. They all can get in on the pass rush. They're going to be in the 3-4. They're going to be in the 2-4. There'll be a lot of 2-4. Uh, Wade did that, did that a lot at Denver and liked that with his edge rushers. Uh, when you bring a nickel in. And he'll even mix in the 4-3, like I said. That 2-4 will look like a 4-3 at times as well. 4-2, uh, 2-4 hybrid. 3-4, 4-3 hybrid. It's all going to be hybridized kind of stuff. What, I'm, what I really want to watch for, but we'll talk about that when I talk about the DBs here in a minute. Um, how much match coverage? Or is it going to be mainly just man-to-man and a little bit of zone, some zone blitzing? Or are we going to do match coverage? I think we're going to see some match coverage. But we'll see. That gets a little more tricky, and you need those guys coached up and ready to go on that. So that we'll see if the guys are ready for that. Uh, not a lot of depth here. you got Chuck Wiley, but he, we're going to get into that now, the edge rushers. You know, so again, Trevor Ma- Trevin Mason could be really good from the DT spot, and CJ Brewer could wreck chaos. But they're not edge rushers. That those are the guys that you coming in. So after Jack Heflin, you've got those four interior guys, and you really don't have anyone else. So it's not a lot of depth there. But he has four of them, so it's okay. But now we have a lot of edge rushers. I don't know who to start out with. I'm going to start out with Trent Harris, who's starting, and he's probably going to be their most the best guy right now, along with a guy named Tim Ward, who they just got at the last minute. So Trent Harris was at Miami, University of Miami, and he had a really good career there, but he's only six foot two, a little bit small for the NFL. That's the problem there. And he had trouble. He, he played a little bit. He had two sacks in the NFL. He played a little bit for the Giants and the Dolphins. Uh, so he's really good. He's just a little bit off on the size and not, he's fast, but he's not super fast. He's a lot like another guy, Chauncey Rivers, who's listed as Harris's backup, who was a big-time recruit all the way back to Georgia and then ended up playing at Mississippi State after he had to transfer. He got into some trouble, marijuana, Georgia. He's done with that, I hope. And then he ended up coming, went to East Mississippi, then went back to Mississippi State, back to the big time. And he had a good career, and, but again, only six foot two. Okay, but fa- but in, and his speed wasn't quite. He ran like a five. He ran slower. I think he was a little beat up. He didn't run a real fast forty time. Almost four point nine seven. That's not good. He's faster than that, I believe. But he didn't because of his size. He was starting to make you know get um, get on with the Green Bay Packers, and then he got hurt. He had I think it was a knee or an ankle. I forget what. I think so. He had a little bit of an injury there. So now he's not even starting for the Roughnecks, but he's in the in the depth chart. Trent Harris also had some injuries. He finally was getting his groove on, I guess, at the Giants, and then he had an injury, started having injuries. So there's a combination of injuries, only six foot two, these guys. In fact, a lot of these edge rushers, now Wade Phillips, or it was Stewart, his defensive coordinator, said Trent Harris, I think it was Wade Phillips, he said Harris can rush the quarterback, and I know the guys who can. He had Vaughn Miller. He had great guys who could do that. So he likes Harris a lot. So let's see if Harris is healthy and ready to roll. He picked up Tim Ward at the last second. Tim Ward was a undrafted free agent. I mean, an undrafted guy from Old Dominion because it's a small school. 
but he went for Kansas City Chiefs, and he was on the Chiefs for a couple of years, and then with the Jets, he has a sack in the NFL, so he's played in the NFL. So on defense, you've got guys who have a little more experience than what they've got on offense. Offense is full of potential, but total lack of experience. Going to be very tricky to see how that works out on offense. Defense, definitely more experience going on, which is good. Logan, the kid from LSU, you know, and even those kids that didn't get in the NFL that I just told you about, I just love their background, even though it's for the Citadel um, or Coastal Carolina. I'm sorry. C.J. Brewer, though. Love it. Love this guy, Mason, too. So I, I do like the experience a lot better on this side. Even Heflin. He played in the Big Ten. And then you got Trent Harris. He was in the NFL. He's one of the outside edge rushers. And then Tim Ward. I call them edge rushers because they're like outside linebacker slash defensive end type, you know. But anyway, Tim Ward. Yeah, great pickup at the last second there. So he and he's six foot six. He's the one guy that's actually tall that they have. But everybody else, here's another guy, Duke Ajiafor or Ejafor. Ajiafor. I remember him at the Houston Texans. He was with the Texans for three years. He's out of Wake Forest. He was a sixth round draft pick. Now he's only six four. That's not too bad. That's much more in that line with the NFL size. And um, fast guy and edge rusher, uh, but tore his ACL. And then he had all kind of, he's had all kinds of issues. Again, opportunity to get back to the NFL. Is he healthy? Well, I'm not so sure he's healthy or he's ever back to full speed because he's not starting. If this guy was full speed, he's an NFL guy, and he should be starting, I think. So you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, though. You never know. Uh, and then who else do we have? A guy named John Daka, Daka, Daka. I don't know this guy. James Madison had a lot of sacks in, uh, at James Madison, smaller competition. Another guy who's only six foot two. He's really small. I, two thirty ish, two forty. That's real small. And that's an issue why he's having trouble. I've read somewhere, some guys like, how couldn't he have made it in the NFL? He's such a great player. Dude, he's too small. (laughs) That's right. But he's speedy. He can be an edge rusher. And who else do we have? Oh, DeAndre Johnson, again, University of Miami. Not a big recruit. He was actually from Tennessee. Then he transferred his last year to Miami. Um, he averaged about five sacks a year, four sacks a year. Speedy, again, 6'3", not super tall for that position for the NFL. But a backup right now. We'll see. He had a little bit of injury too, but let's see what happens. Charles Wiley, another guy, only 6'2". Again, played at Ole Miss. A speedy guy had his sacks. You know, there's a lot of edge rushers here, man. So not a lot of depth in the interior, but look at these edge rushers. Wiley, Rivers, Johnson, Daka, Edgefor, and then the starters, Harris and Ward. That's seven guys. So why is that? Because it's Wade Phillips, and that's the scheme he's thinking, you know. It's a lot to do. He says, oh, it's all about the players, but no, nah, no, nah, not this team. This team is very scheme-oriented. They'll... Twist it around the players, for sure. But it's scheme-oriented. Don't, don't let them fool you. Now, here we go again. We're going to go inside linebackers. I like this. Because what he used to use at Denver and another time, a little bit smaller but faster. And I love this guy, Tavante Beckett from Marshall. And I think he was originally at Virginia Tech. So he was a pretty decent recruit. Only about 220, 5'11", speedy. Hurts him for the NFL. He's a little small for the NFL. Had a tryout. He actually was on the Lions for practice or he's on the lines for a while but or a year but anyways i i I think this guy could do really well in this league and then ellerby emmanuel ellerby i remember him in the nfl seattle actually and again um he's actually bigger i wanted to say smaller not really he's bigger but he played for white rice 
not, you know, he's not a big recruit at all. He's not a, he's not a guy that you expected to make the NFL, to be honest, but he's decent. He'll be more the thumper. So uh, this is, and then, and they don't, right now, they only have a guy named Nate Whelan. They don't have much backup here either. So that interior, both at the linebacker and then the defensive line, a little worried. Again, we start getting too many injuries, and they've already got a lot of injuries on defense before the year even started. So that's a little scary. So we'll have to see, you know, Again, <laughs> this team to me could be the best team in the whole thing. I've been saying this over and over, but already I'm seeing injuries in the defense, and they just don't have – the XFL has more talent than the USFL had last year. I can see that already. But of all the teams I've looked at, and this is my fifth team now, this has the le- – Houston's I'm the most worried about with their depth and inexperience. The Vipers are pretty inexperienced too, but – also, the depth I'm a little worried about here. So, you know, and, and some of that's just because even though they have all those edge rushers, a lot of those guys have been hurt in their career. So this bothers me a bit. So it's a very unpredictable situation. Could be very, very good. I expect them to be decent and a, and a chance for getting I, I If I had to really, if you forced me to pick, pick them second behind Arlington, they get in the playoffs. How good their record, I'm not sure. But they get, where will they be when the playoffs start? I'm not sure. So much will be depending on how they are health-wise, how they've integrated those schemes. If that's all working out at the time of the playoffs start, watch out. And a lot's going to depend, too, on uh, the defensive backs. And, you know, this actually makes me a little more worried. I mean, when you first look at it, you have got a Baylor guy, Texada, who actually, a lot of these guys played for Stewart. When Stewart was at Baylor with Aranda, he had this Texada. You've got, um, on the other side, a, a Gene Harris, who was a USC guy. So you've got a Baylor guy, a USC guy. And then at the safeties, A.J. Hendy, a Maryland guy, which was when back when Stewart was coaching him at Maryland. So when he was at Maryland, these are guys Stewart knew. And um, Sean Davis, also at Maryland with Stewart. And Will Likely, Nickelback, who had a great year last year for Houston uh, in the USFL, also with Stewart. At Maryland. Okay, this all sounds great and it looks great, right? Um, out of all those guys, the only one I feel very confident about is likely because he's coming off a great year. He's a he's only five foot seven, which is the running theme here. A lot of these guys are, are a little undersized, but they're quick. But likely could get hurt at any time. He had a shot in the NFL, but he had injuries. Same with Eugene Harris, who was a quarterback, ended up at USC playing D back, undrafted because of his size, had a shot, got injuries in the NFL. Texada is the one guy who's only 5'10 himself or 5'11, but he's pretty stocky. I mean, he's a little bigger, a little bit bigger, but hey, I don't think he, he's as mobile. He doesn't move quite as well, I think. I think that's the deal there. But anyway, undrafted as well, didn't quite cut it in the NFL. I think he might have had, I don't think he had injuries. I'm not sure. Sean Davis, free safety or strong safety in this case, either one. Uh, Again, Maryland, but the bigger news, Pittsburgh Steeler, and I'm not saying he made the team and he got a few licks in. The dude was a starter, main component of that Steeler defensive backfield at safety for a couple of years. And now you may be asking, because you don't hear me say that too often. In the USFL and the XFL, I don't, you don't hear guys who are like major players in the NFL. What, what was going on? Why is he in the XFL right now? Big-time shoulder injury, never really recovered from that. Ended up being released from the Steelers after years of starting and, and couldn't catch on with any other teams. 
And again, he's a question mark because of the shoulder. And then you've got a gene, I mean, uh, AJ Hendy, who also was at Maryland. He'll play free, free safety. He's a big, he's now he's pretty strong, dude, a bigger guy. So is Davis, but this guy, not, not a lot, but Hendy is, doesn't move quite as well. You know, there's the issue there. And, and he's playing, you know, deep safety, but he's smart. He's a veteran. I think he should translate well to the XFL. I think things will be good with him. But Davis, I don't know about injury. Harris and Texada, I just don't know how well they're going to do. Um, injury stuff for Harris. Maybe Texada, like, is he mobile enough? I don't know. But we'll see. Likely, I think, could be great. But he's always an injury rating to happen at five foot seven. Um Again, that this whole team is like this. He's just can't be sure. There's a guy named Alex Myers who could be a little bit of a wild card if they start getting injuries. He's at uh, cornerback as well, and uh, he actually was for he, he was a not recruited that well. Again, more of a track guy, a thin guy, a fast guy. Uh, was at Oachita Baptist, whatever, and uh, or Chita, whatever it's called, and he ended up transferring to Houston. And uh, he, he did played really well at Houston, but again, wasn't drafted because of his size, bounced around at the Steelers. And if I'm correct, I'm not just making this up. I think he had some injuries too. And here we are. Here we are with all these guys. Oh, here's one more guy. And this guy they just picked up at the last minute in a trade, Kerry Vincent. Good recruit. Out of all these guys, he was the biggest recruit. Likely was a pretty good recruit too. But um, the best recruit was Vincent. He played at LSU. He played in their championship year. Um, he's, again, on the small side, but very, very fast. And he would be great at the slot, at the uh, nickel in the slot. But they already have likely. So is this just in case of injury? So they do have a little depth here at the cornerback area. Um, the safety area, two guys I don't know that much about, don't seem that, Brandon and Mosley, I don't even know if they're going to stick around. Again, if, Hen, if if Davis goes down, oh, shoot, you know, now what? So, I, you know, again, depth a little bit in certain areas. Guys who are really at a crossroads, this is the defense. On the offense, it's just guys that are inexperienced and haven't quite cut it or, or projects that have a lot of potential. So, boy, this whole depth chart. And, and, and we're not done. Special teams, same thing. Um, again, the returners should be great. They've got a huge amount of guys who can return the ball. Will Likely was great punt returner for Houston at the USFL last year. Uh, Bryson Aline is listed as their kick returner. Borgie's in there as well, but they could have a slew of guys who could do that. So I'm not worried about the return game. Um, that's the one piece I, I pretty much saw that I think they should have decent returns. Uh, but their their kicker is a guy named Hunter Duplessis, and he was at USTA, or UTSA, I'm sorry, UTSA, San Antonio. And uh, he was not, he was only five foot eight, not a re- big recruit, but he had a really good career, really, really good career, especially his junior year, was great. Uh, he should be solid, should be, should be solid. Um, then this guy, Race Porter, I like the name, it sounds cool, Race Porter, but he's a punter, and he got not a real big guy, about six one, but not a big leg or nothing. I mean, okay, didn't really do much. wasn't a big recruit. Didn't do much at Washington. Then his last year, he exploded, like averaged almost fifty yards a punt, put twenty and a whole bunch of putts inside the twenty, which doesn't matter as much. Or, or yeah, because he can't put it out of bounds. You can do fair catch, but in XFL, if you kick it out of bounds, it will come out to the thirty-five. So that's a thing I don't agree with. One of the rules they're experimenting with. 
But Porter just had that one big year. And overall, there's no signs that he'll have. He had a tryout with Seattle. Again, I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, but the kicker, I think, should be solid. But, you know, so this whole team is full of potential. The schemes could be fantastic. When I look at those DBs, I'm thinking, do we go man-to-man with those coverages? <laughs> These aren't the guys he had at Denver. I forget those guys. So one guy was from Ohio State. And I'm drawing a blank. Our big guy, Roby. Roby was one of the guys. But that was the other guy. They had a couple great cornerbacks there at Denver in the Super Bowl year with Wade Phillips. Anyway, he had great edge rushers. You're going to have some good edge rushers. I think they have enough edge rushers. that well, Some of these rushers are going to come through, definitely. I, I like the front seven. I think the front seven is going to do something good. And that's going to be maybe the strongest consistency to the team, that front seven. And then... I think we're going to go. We're going to see a mix of match coverage, zone, and, and man-to-man. But let's see what happens. I don't think you can just go man-to-man with these guys. I don't think you can do it. But we'll see. I think you're going to mix it up. I think we're going to see that. Hopefully, they're a little bit experienced. I like the, the experience on the DBs at least, if they can stay healthy. So that would mean that you can mix in match coverage and do some things. So that will be exciting to watch and see what Wade Phillips does on the scheme over there and Stewart. And then on the on the offense, like I said, we know AJ Smith is going. Air shoot, I'll call it. Air raid and run and shoot, man. He's going to pass the ball and then mix in that power, uh, you know, uh, running the ball. Uh, And, you know, use short passes as a running game on the outside. So he's almost going to have passing vertical, the run and shoot stuff, horizontal, the air raid stuff, and also using the quick out passes and screens as a running game. And then for the up-the-gut power, you know, he's got that going on. He can mix in Nick Hawley, some of the receiver guys, even Bird on some runs. He can mix in one of the quarterbacks. I really, the one real talent over there I like, besides the fact the real solid guy they have is Burnett at the receiver, but the talent is Cole McDonald. But I don't even know that he's going to play much, you know, and Silvers is solid. But if McDonald would become big by the end of the year, that would be interesting because he can do a lot. And the line's... Should be good. It should be solid. But there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas, maybes. <laughs> John T. Kirkland could be a really good receiver. So, again, a lot up in the air. We will see. Um, the, definitely the most interesting watch of the season of the eight teams, to me, for me. Um, not in terms of talent. There's other teams that have more fun talent to watch um, and experience. But But even saying that... This talent is very interesting. I'll be very interested, both with the talent and really with the schemes and with the kind of coaches they have there and and see what happens with Houston. And uh, if I have to put them somewhere, I'll stick them as like, I'm too scared to say they'll be great, but I just can't imagine they'll just be terrible. I think they're going to be somewhere in that second playoff spot.